Hello, welcome to Explosion Network's Games Best of 2023 week. I hope you've all been enjoying the content. Today, we're talking about our personal picks for our favorite games of 2023. My name's Dylan Blight. Joining me, Ashley Hobbit. Hey, Dylan, I'm excited to link this list onto this podcast. All right, me too. Also, here well, you Martin. said we're doing our top 10 video games leak. <laughs> did I? Yes. Do actually? I did not catch that. I don't know, but if I did, show, I'm pretty sure you did. <laughs> History will we're be doing the top judge. 10 leaks of 2024, and you know, that's probably enough of 2023. Yeah, Karen, what's your top 10 leak? Uh, I'm here to be outraged by other people's best of the games of the year lists. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, absolutely, completely. Should have been higher. Should, should have been number one. What? <laughs> oh, don't even know. It's, number one, Lord of the Rings goal. <laughs> number two. No, Kieran's King number Kong. one game is going to be Resident Evil. Uh, Resident oh, Evil Four. Even, you know what? I tried everything in my power to like not have that game on my list, and it still made it on my fucking. Oh, it doesn't really hate it that much. Even. Yeah, I don't hate don't. it. I just hate it being in a game of the year list. That's all. Yeah, but it's or in your theme. game of the year list. It is, but no, no, but that's the thing. How, like, our website's game of the year list and my personal game of the year list have very different criteria in my mind. Should be the same. Yeah. Nah. Should hold yourself to because the Because I can objectively, I've never played Alan, I can never, I've never played Alan Wake 2 and I don't, but objectively, where it sits within the games of the year, I think it is up in the top three, easily. Like, I can objectively say that. It's not on my list because I haven't fucking played the game. You know, like it's, it's, I can't have something on my list that I haven't played, but when I objectively look at games and I'm like, yeah, that shit was amazing. That shit defined something or did something big this year. It should be on a game of the year list. I mean, I also have a, I also don't have a game on my list that's in our top 10 list. So. Well, I, that's because you've barely put any time into yeah, it. Yeah. So just, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, yeah, yeah no, 100%. <laughs> I already know that one. That's fine. <laughs> Um, all right, let's go. Let's start with you then, Kim. What is? Have you just done ten to one? Like, have you done? I've just weird? done ten to one. Yeah, okay, no, no, good. I've just yep. done ten Very to good. one. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. What is your number ten then? Resident Evil Four Remake. Fucking yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it, look, it, it was it was a great game still. Um, despite my thoughts on it, you know, its relevance in terms of game of the year for a remake. I don't even think personally. I don't even think it was the best remake of the year um what was the best I, remake of the year we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later in my list oh, okay right sorry um, oh so not only do you have this remake on your list you have, I have another two one remakes on my personal list yeah i know Even though but there was one remake that on i thought was so much better um but no i think it still did a great job of bringing a lot of the lessons that um the resident evil team has learned from the later installments of the resident evil franchise and made resident evil 4 even though 4 was a great game and, and was awesome. It did a really good job of modernizing it, removing some of the parts that people really didn't like, especially around the mechanics around Ashley, um, modernized a lot of the characters and did a lot of great work adjusting and, um, you know, revitalizing the story of Resident Evil 4. Fair. Ash, why is Resident Evil 4 your number 10? <laughs> because I love remakes. <laughs> His is way higher. Just... He was there at PAX for Resident Evil 2 remake. Yeah, yeah, no. like... yeah. You're an OG fan. OG fan. Yeah. OG. Uh, my number 10, I'm going to be boring. It's Football Manager 2024. That's not boring. 
that's a cool. That's it's a cool pick. it's still a really good pick. football manager. It's a very me pick. Uh, yeah, very another great addition to the game. Great iteration. Uh, major dif- major additions this year, like set, having coaching for set pieces, so you can like get better at doing set pieces and matches and stuff. Um, but the key thing for me this season is you can carry your save from last season over to the new game. Uh, so I don't lose the days and days of game file game management that can carry over to next year. Well, I mean, it's basically the same game every year, right? So pretty much. Well, do you so think, you know, do you? <laughs> so it's think crazy. It's that, taking them this long to bring it across. Yeah. Do you think that Football Manager still requires yearly installments, or should they move to a almost games for service model of? They do. Not quite games for service. You pay sixty dollars every year, and you get the offer. <laughs> 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 but like shouldn't you play, like have the game and then it's just they can eternally change it and modify it and improve it like, i think when, that would be the best model for fans i don't know if that's the best model for, for, the that's fair for sega you know so but yeah it's great all right my number 10 is the first game I, whoa, 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 before you right before right. you you go into this i need an important question because i think it's amusing how many AAA titles are on this list? Um, and Ash, what's your what's your guess before he says? What's your guess? I'm, I'm going to say, say I'm going to say five. I'm going to say it's half, and that's me being generous. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think I think five, five, or, six. five or six is. I think it's four or five, depending on one of them. Okay, so, all right. Is it if yeah. one of them was an independent game or not? No, I just I, <laughs> I can tell you it's number four on this list. So when we get to it, we'll okay. All right. All right. You can tell me if he counted as a triple A or not. But yeah, it's either four or five on the whole list. So, how many is yours? Ten? No. 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 Maybe seven. Okay. <laughs> Ash? Uh, I guess five? No, I'm going to say eight, actually. Okay. All right. My number 10 Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, I liked it a lot more than the first game, basically for the story and character reasons for this one. Like, I, th- I thought the first one was fine. I just didn't think it was um like fantastic or anything. Whereas this one was like all the all the problems I sort of had with the first one are uh, more or less fixed. I found the story a lot more interesting. Found the characters a lot more interesting. Um, by the time you get to the end of this one, just the emotional beats that it's gone through to get um to its like sort of cliffhanger, but very emotional cliffhanger ending um where it's like very obvious that there should be one more game to wrap things up but like i, I it's sort of redundant so this, but this is very much like they've done the well we'll treat this one like our empire you know sort of like that like we'll mm. have that sort of thing um yeah like everything from that aspect but then also the gameplay having the being able to like switch on a fly between the cross guard saber dual lightsabers like pick your style it just it felt a lot more freeing um overall the locations and stuff were a lot more interesting having that basically two locations that are just open world and then some other ones that were more um just linear um was very cool as well uh Really, really good. In another world, I would have definitely spent the time to go around like 100% the game because I enjoyed exploring it and there's like puzzles to solve and mini boss fights and all this other shit to do. So um, bounty hunters to find and kill. Uh, lots of fun. So that's my number 10. It is the get- one of the games on my like, if I ever get time to go back and play stuff last- for last year, is Jedi Survivor. Neither of you finished the first one though, did you? No. 
Did you? No. No. That is also be like here. That's, that's <laughs> that is the asterisk where I'm like, I should go quickly finish the first one before I play it. But yeah. just put it on like baby, baby mode. I'm pretty sure it's got a story mode. Like uh like where the gameplay's so easy, just like play it for the story, yeah. Yeah. Uh what's your number nine? Uh my number nine is Assassin's Creed Mirage. I think it is a good Assassin's Creed game that I did criticize for relying a bit too hard on um nostalgia in many ways. I think as the game I still can't deny like i i spent a decent like the 20 hours with it i still enjoyed i still um it felt nice for somebody who isn't as like kind of completionist focus especially for trophy lists how straightforward that trophy list is how enjoyable that like kind of makes that side of the game um it's nice seeing basim's character from a different angle um it, it's it shows that there is I think there's a hope in terms of the development going forward for Assassin's Creed, where there is some worry. Maybe a lot of people have um, felt a bit uh, overwhelmed by the size of Assassin's Creed games of the past. Um, This was a nice kind of snack, bite-sized Assassin's Creed game for people to to enjoy again and to play through. I nearly picked it up, but then I was like... (laughs) Like that. <laughs> you have, you know what? I would have it would have been realistic for you to finish it because it was that straightforward and manageable. Yeah. I still might get to it. I do like the everything you've complained about sounds like a positive to me. <laughs> 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 um what's your number nine? My number nine was Wild Hearts, the uh EA original uh that's pretty much you know dead now but uh, the fun action role-playing monster game uh you hunt down massive monsters and build traps and stuff it was a lot of fun when you know we had a good time we were playing through it together and that kind of stuff so uh yeah kind of give you a little bit of taste of that monster hunting world uh in the lead up to the next monster next year or the year after and really emphasize that it should be the final trailer of um, the the game wants you know the new, the new monster hunter game. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, right, my number nine was Venba. Uh, this is the narrative cooking game. Uh, beautiful art style makes you very hungry. Uh, it's, I mean, obviously it's it's short. This is very much where Kieran's like, aha, now we've hit the Dylan games. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I thought it in my head. <laughs> uh, but it's just a beautiful little experience about like um, getting to, I guess, discover and explore a different culture, a culture I knew absolutely nothing about. Um, the Tamil culture, uh, sort of, what is it? Uh, South, in, uh, yeah, South Indian uh cult cuisine yeah i guess yeah uh and like the the story and like how that relates to them as people but it's also like this this story where in case you miss me talk about basically the game just follows it skips ahead throughout this family's life it's just it mostly takes place within the household um but just tells their story across different points in time and how food revolves around different points um where they're cooking family dinner and you pick up about them what's happening in their lives at that point while you're cooking their dinner and they discuss and stuff like that um but like the seeing as the game progresses and it's like the the son doesn't want to like actually it sounds like i just want pizza i remember the moment i'll never forget it, where the son's just like i want fucking pizza it was like the most like, 
<laughs> and then of course the parents are like, well, we're trying to make you like actual food. I'm like, but he's just, you know, he's, he doesn't know any different. Like he, the, they migrated to, I think it's set in Canada and you know, he's growing up there and all his kids, all his friends in Canada want pizza and they're trying to give him actually authentic food. And um, yeah, I think it's a very beautiful game that's uh, funny and sad and yeah, beautiful art style and music and everything. So really, really stuck with me. Uh, all right, Kieran, eight. Number eight. I went with Hi-Fi Rush. Um, I think in terms of people kind of talking about the maybe the, the continued failures of Xbox in terms of their um, first-party games. I think Hi-Fi Rush is greatly overlooked. I think um, it is a, a fantastic game that was shadow-dropped for so many people, for all of us, like, and was kind of a great model for success on um, kind of what games could be on the Game Pass is dropped and people experience games. and Because you look at Hi-Fi Rush and... You know, it's very almost. You can see a lot of, uh, despite the rhythm elements, like uh, Sunset Overdrive, with when Insomniac had their foray on the Xbox, and you go, well, Sunset Overdrive probably would have been more successful in an era with Xbox Game Pass, where more people got the game and got their hands on the game without having to do a full retail purchase of it. Um, I think, yeah, the the rhythm elements are great. The soundtrack list is awesome. In you know, in a generation where licensing is such an issue and so many games avoid kind of mainstream music because of the licensing issues around it to see hi-fi rush have a range of popular and known songs throughout it and used to great concept um i think it's one of my favorite new ips of the year um but yeah hi-fi rush definitely well deserved this year and should i wish it got more praise than it already did Uh, yeah, not on my list, but a game I would, uh, would have loved to have found more time for. Because I played it for like three, four hours, and then I can't remember what came out and I got distracted, but um, just never went back to it. So Yeah, the Xbox successor of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <sighs> to be fair, that's, I think that's his first... 2024. That uh, is his first moment in 2024. <laughs> just, it uh, was the success from the, Xbox this year. The New Year's resolution that he told Dylan and me in private has been broken. <laughs> I will not talk shit on Xbox <laughs> anymore. I will be nicer to Xbox. It's fucking gone. I don't recall that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was at the Explosion Network New Year's party. You were yeah, very yeah. drunk. Yeah, yeah, you were wasted, man. You I don't think gone, I would even right? say that when I was drunk, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So I was doing a voice, like <laughs> a sarcastic voice. Fuck, where were My number oh, eight. Oh, that was your number eight. Was it? No, yeah, your number eight. It was my number eight. Fucking hell. Uh, sea of Stars, uh, <gasps> the role-playing video game from uh, Subcharge Studios, who did The Messenger, which was a throwback to old school metroidvanias this one is a throwback to old school rpgs obviously inspired by games like uh chrono trigger and the golden sun games uh so playing something like that uh but with all the modern day elements uh was a lot of fun beautiful soundtrack beautiful art uh really engaging story um yeah sea of stars it's fantastic we should give it a go and it's everywhere very easily very easily accessible. I kept, um, I kept 
nearly starting it um, mm. over the last couple of weeks. Um, but I'm still going to play it. I'm, I'm still playing yeah. I started it, got an hour in, it just didn't mesh for me. And I installed it's it. It's totally going to mesh for me. I can, yeah, it'll I mesh for you. It just yeah. didn't get it for if, me. If like you it. love like those sort of games, like, yeah. like the Chrono Triggers, like, especially because obviously the opening is very, like, especially in those games, the opening was very long before the game really started. Yeah. yeah. The in- very long introduction. It's so, a prologue. Yeah. It's a very long prologue, but yeah. once you get into it, it's great. Uh, my number eight is David the Diver. FKA. This is Dave. very low. Okay. Is it? I don't know. Yeah, I expected. I would say up. indie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, obviously, we've talked a lot about Dave the Diver. We talked a lot about Dave the Vi- da- the Dave the Diver. Dave the Diver. Um, it's like I, I feel like it would have been one of the funniest things to go back and listen to on Arcade Couch because it's like just several podcasts of me going, man, this game I'm playing is like pretty fun, cool. And I'd be like, man, this game's still so good. You should try it. And then it's like, oh my God, this game's so... <laughs> if it like fell in line with the, I think the rest of the world, it's like thinking back on the podcast where initially I think the first time I talked about it, it was like, I played half an hour and I quickly throw it in at the end. I'm like, I played like half an hour of this game, Dave the Virus. Like, pretty good. Like, uh, I'll talk more about it next week. <laughs> so, um, and then our narrative around it for the last, like, the back end of the podcast was just talking about how it's not, uh, it's not an indie game. <laughs> so, but it's, it's not. It's yeah. One of the not. most talked about games of the year. <laughs> Definitely one of the most. One of the other. Fuck off, bug. Um, <laughs> I keep seeing that bug. Those orders, this fucking bug keeps like hooting past his webcam at fucking. It's big too. Like it's Jesus. <laughs> it's the size of it. Yeah. Well, it's big enough that the webcam's picking it up, and you can make out the shape of it. So it must be big as it's fanging it past the fucking webcam. <laughs> Fucking hell! If I, I don't know, I can't even open a window because it's fucking Mine, fly like, screen. Like, yeah. <laughs> super random. I am fighting a plague of fucking crickets at the moment at my mum and dad's house. It's the fucking worst. It is horrible. You don't like the sound of them in the early. The no, early no, no. Night literally, um, we've had massive like storms and shit here in mm. Victoria, and yeah. there's just fucking crickets everywhere. If I like lift something up that was on the floor, there'll be like mm. five of them just underneath it. They're just chilling. You know? They're just fucking yeah. everywhere. They're the worst. I love that this stock is in this evergreen episode. <laughs> yeah, forgot. Hey, um, Dave, David the Diver. Um, so game's very good. I don't know what to say that we haven't said a million times over. The it is the <laughs> the India setting. Um, it's the wonderful pixel art combined with anime clips and roguelike gameplay and restaurant sim. And fish market breeding simulator, the best one of those of 2023. That's for sure. <laughs> like the game is just so many things crammed in one. I still have, don't. Oh, oh, po- uh, Pokemon card collector, uh, dating sim. I, like it just it goes on and on and on. Like the amount of things that are, uh, in the game. Then later came out with like the best crossover event of uh, you know. What, dredge. Yeah, with Dredge. Fuck, yeah. fuck, fork knife. Fork knife. Fork, yeah. fork knife. Yeah. 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 Fair. Um, yeah, the game is just so many things. It it's, it almost like on paper feels like it's too many trying to do too many things, and there's no way it can work. But somehow it just works, and it's very good. And even the characters are quite a lot of fun to hang around with. And then when you start doing visual novel backstories to them, you're like, sure, why not? <laughs> like it just it just you're just like, okay, I don't know, what what else? What else can this game do? So 
Um, yeah, game is a lot of fun. Um, I, I put a lot of time to this game and I still haven't finished it. I don't know who the fuck has. I, I don't know. Does it have an ending? I don't know. Am I just spending too much time fucking around? Maybe. I don't know. So I'm pretty sure it does. It's the, the yeah. game that makes me wish I had a Steam Deck or a Rogger. Yeah. Like it would be. Perfect. Well, I mean, it's on Switch now, but you'd have to restart it. So, which I yeah. would be happy to, to be honest. Yeah. Because it came out on Switch uh, towards the end of the year. Okay. Um, Kieran, seven. Number seven, um, probably a controversial game of 2023, uh, Starfield. Um, I love this game. Like, I think it definitely has its problems, but it's, I think, with Bethesda games in general, especially from the, the core Bethesda team, you have to love the game despite its issues. Um, I know there is, for many people, there was a lack of content. The worlds didn't feel very big or didn't felt very empty, but... I love the time I spent with this game. The idea of how important or or how developing the story could be going through various new game pluses. The fact that every couple of weeks I find new alterations or new versions of the universes from new game plus coming out on YouTube. Um, I think this game's it, it was not exactly what it said on the tin, but for me, it was a great experience um, and a, a story that stuck with me in a couple different ways that I would never have really had anything stick with me in terms of Bethesda storylines. Did you ever... How many playthroughs did you see? Did I've you done do? two. I've only done two. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever see... I, I don't... No, spoilers are off the table. I've like watched a lot of the... I've watched a lot did of you see, the... But um, did you see the one where someone like... like they on their eighty six playthrough, they something happened or something like. I don't know if you saw this. Yeah, thing. there's there's a lot of stuff where it's like there is still to this day like literally new openings to new game plus coming out and being released. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Like oh. it's it's yeah, there is a lot of depth. Um, I just wish you didn't have to play an entire game before you see that death because that retroactively makes the game a lot better. Um, I'm just like the games. Yeah, the most interesting part of that game to me is always just the, what they've done with New Game Plus, but like the yes. rest of the game just still looks like normal Bethesda game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Ash, seven? My number seven is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, obviously, you know, iter- an iteration on the first one opens it up a lot more, uh, introduces uh, a bunch of new characters, including one of the best characters of the year, Turgle, mm. uh, the frog, frog man. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, when you're going around s- taking people out with your lightsaber and doing all these cool force moves, it uh, feels really cool. Feels like uh, what you want, Star- what some people want Star Wars to be. Jedi, yeah, powers, lightsabers, yeah, Out- outlaws. I would prefer if they're like doing spy stuff in on like a, a planet and like starting a rebel uh, rebellion. Yeah, let's make a show about that with some bricks. <laughs> Uh, my number seven is Goodbye Volcano High, a game mm. that I'm honestly surprised I didn't, I, I, like it had all this talk into the lead up to release and the years in the lead up to release. And then I feel like it just sort of came out and died. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the, yep. the marketing on that was nothing. Not good. Yeah. I want to say a better maybe. word, but <laughs> it's so funny because I'm like, but did they not, did after like. Because they after it got delayed so many times, delays, I just felt like, like yeah. they just didn't want to do anything. 
yeah, but then they just kind of dropped it? it without with no fanfare. Um, I think you may have been one like one of the first reviews when you bought the game and played through it. Um, because a lot of people just didn't. Well, yeah, like, I don't think they put out codes for anybody. Um, very little, you know, word of mouth. Very mm. weird. Very weird. For a very hyped up game, yeah. Very good game. <laughs> <laughs> Made it number seven on my list. Um, it is so for people who don't know what we're talking about, by the way, uh Goodbye Volcano Hire is the game in which you play as a bunch of anthropomorphic uh dinosaurs uh as teenagers in a high school and uh the game starts out like you're just getting to meet everyone and things and you know, school they come back and then next second they're like, Oh fucking meteorites coming down. You know, hopefully it won't hit us. <laughs> um, I don't know, history will be the judge, I guess, on that one. Did the meteorite hit the dinosaurs? I don't know. Did it? Um, the game is very, very good. It is... So, the voice acting is phenomenal. All the characters are written very, very well. I mean, to the... I mean, basically, the easiest pitch for this is, like, did you like the first Life is Strange? Then you probably like this game. I don't know, like... This is the crazy thing. Is Before coming out, this was... I wanted this game. This game was before, you know, um, this seemed like more Life is Strange. And then... Yeah, very little. You talked about it, and I went, I should pick that up. Forgot about it. And it wasn't until Buddy mentioned he picked it up a couple of days ago, and I went, hmm. oh, shit, that game's still a thing that I should be picking up and playing at some point. Like, it's, it's yeah, it's ridiculous. It is one of those things where I'm like, because it is, like, if, they, if the characters weren't dinosaurs, I don't know, like, does that affect people's interest in it somewhat? Because the stories are all very human stories, but the characters obviously don't look like humans, they're fucking dinosaurs. But I don't know if that affects some people's ability to emotionally connect with the characters as much as they would if they were just straight up high school teenagers, you know? So, uh, but I mean, it, you could be like, well, why are they dinosaurs and why do the story? And like, I can't really, I don't want to say for like spoiling, but like, there's definitely, um, I, and I mean, they delayed the game because of COVID and everything, and they even changed some of the story because of COVID to, to match um, and you can tell watching it, like they related the experience of a an event like COVID and sort of tied that into like the meteorite happening in the game and how that affects these teenagers in high school and how that affects their high school experience. So there's like a lot of like algorithms for stuff in there that's quite interesting to watch play out. Um, all the music is fucking banger, all the original songs. So the main character, Fang, uh, lead singer of a band, uh, wants to be a rock star, leaving school. Uh, their friends, not so much. They're in the band, but they've got other ideas of what things they want to do. It's like that whole, like, growing up and, like, maybe your friends aren't as into um, what you're, like, more passionate about, sort of hobby, sort of, or whatever you want to call it, sort of thing. I mean, it's so different than this. Like, if you just walked up, if you both use us <laughs> tomorrow, it'd be like, hey, I don't think I can do it anymore. I'd be like, but guys, <laughs> it's the shit. You know, because like I, I, I'm, I'm just like fucking obsessed. I feel, um, and then it's like that sort of uh, element playing out across that. So th- there's a lot of like very human things in this that I could, I could definitely relate to, and and whatever. Not so much being a, a good singer in a band, but um, but yeah, all the songs are fantastic, and I've even listened to them. Like they have the songs on Apple Music. Listen to those every now and then on. Um, That's and the, what the, I need. One of these games to give me new music to add to yeah. Spotify. Come they're on, good songs. So, um, and the original, and even the gameplay, the mini games that you play for the songs, they aren't shit. Which I was really surprised by because I was expecting them to actually be shitty mini games or really boring or mundane, but actually quite good and 
keep your attention. So, uh, yeah, highly, highly recommend Goodbye Volcano High if you like those narrative games like Life is Strange. So, what are you up to? Six, Kieran. Six. Now, time for the best remake of the year, Dead Space. Um, wow. <laughs> um, I, I A think remake on your list. What? What? Yeah, but this was. I don't know. I think Dead Space. I, uh, maybe it is. Uh, maybe it's just because it's time and place. Because I think because Resident Evil this 4, came out January. Uh, came February. out January. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like came out a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Um. Yeah, A, it was a really long time ago, so a lot of people, I feel like, forget that it even came out. Um, it had the really funny storyline of it being released alongside whatever that fucking game was called that was the spiritual successor for Dead Space, but was fucking terrible. Um, um, nobody you can played remember. it. I, didn't I play did it. play it, and I cannot remember what the fuck I it's I called. Brought... I don't remember. I was excited no about idea. it. Yeah, I was. Every, I was looking forward to it. it was Avo, so... And then I played it, and I was like, this melee combat system's horrible. Mm. Um, but no, Dead Space, for me, Dead Space is iconic anyway. Its original release on the Xbox 360 was massive. It altered how horror games were for a very long time. Um, and I think the the changes they made in the remake was they streamlined it. They They made the whole ship feel more connected. They made... Um, there'll be more detailed side stories. The fact that Isaac actually fucking spoke. You know, he didn't speak in the first game. He spoke in two and three, but not in one. So to retroactively make Isaac speak and, and change how the game operates around him, going from a silent protagonist to an actual active character, um, absolutely loved. I think Dead Space was, for me, the best remake of the year and did such a good job of refreshing itself doing everything I spoke about with Resident Evil 4 remake, but just on a, on a kind of managed to maintain a lot of the suspense and a lot of the feelings that people had the first time playing the game. I never finished it um, as much as I, uh, I mean, I love the game. So I, I played the, I played the original like multiple times. Um, so, but yeah, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything, but just a, a nicer version of the game. I already like, so, um, Go back to it, finish it again. That'd be good. So annoyed. My one of my one of my funniest stories is always the, the how I was so pissed off. I couldn't. I tried to get the platinum for the original one, but you had to beat the game on the hardest, hardest, hardest difficulty where you can only make like one save point or whatever. And I tried so many times. I get like halfway through the game and just it's too hard. It's too Does it make hard. you rip off your white shirt? <gasps> Nearly. 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 Ash six. Uh, my number six is humanity. The uh, game from uh, the the LTD, something like uh, that. Hmm? Yeah, I think it's some weird name like that. Yeah, it's like that. Uh, in which you play a Shiba who uh, guides crowds through, guides people through puzzles and get them to the correct doors and stuff. Uh, really fantastic puzzle game. Uh, really interesting puzzles. Like uh, obviously, like visually really interesting because obviously what you've got is is like all these people like running on screen all individually kind of generated and all moving in their own kind of way in the same direction um and when you solve a lot of these puzzles you feel like a genius um so that that's what you want from a puzzle game you know mm. you want to feel super smart when you figure it out and dogs and also a cute dog mm. um yeah visually really interesting and like uh you know, 
very uh, philosophical as well. So, all right, my number six talking about visually interesting, not particularly philosophical though. Super Mario Bros. Wonder. I don't know. Uh, what do you what do you reckon? Maybe not philosophical. <laughs> Psychological, maybe. Psychological, yeah, for sure. Um psychedelic, I meant. Psychedelic, psychedelic, psychedelic yes. Yeah, psychedelic, yep. Um the game is fantastic. It is a lot of fun. It is the best two D side scroll or whatever Mario I've played in um uh I don't know. Very, very long time because I, I, I played all those re releases they put out of Wii U ones on Switch when they come out, and the two or three of those have mean there was uh, every single one. I was like, eh, like, whatever, okay, played it, got rid of it, tra- uh, traded it, and sold it, whatever. I didn't even bother keeping it. I'm like, I don't even like this game that much. Like, get, get the fuck out of here. But uh, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, every level is just a joy. Every, every level introduces a wild, wacky new thing, and it's not even when you pick up the, the Wonder flowers and the whole world goes batshit crazy it's just even the levels without that there's just so many wonky weird things happening in them and characters and weird oddities and stuff it just it really felt like the first mario game uh well side scrolling one anyway that that feel like it injected at least something new and exciting into the the franchise because it's it's like hitting mr mario at this time like i just feel like they put out that that dlc for um Bowser's Castle or whatever the fuck it was called. I'm like, and everyone loved that, and I loved that, and I was like, make this a whole game, and then they don't do anything. And it's like, where's our new 3D Mario? Because, well, I know it's probably going to come out this year with the Switch, but um, yeah, it's just like it was so good to have a fresh, exciting uh, Wonder game. And like, I was, I'd play it in the lounge, and even my um, my brother at some point was like, sat down. He doesn't even play Mario games, but it was like, what the hell is this shit? And just sat down because there was so much weird stuff happening on the screen. <laughs> it's just like, what? What do you? what is this game? It's like, oh, this game is what you do when you take drugs. <laughs> uh, Kieran, number five. We're in the top five. Uh, number five, I've got the Timothy Charlemagne simulator, um, Lies of P. Uh, this is the first of these games, that, like of these Soulsborne games that is really properly connected with me. Um, I think the most important part of it, for at least for myself, for connection, is how well they tell stories within the game. Um, you know, telling this this new version of Pinocchio, um, with actual characters, and you know, having there being character like character conversations that aren't just cryptic and fucking over the top like it feels a little bit more that it flows better that you can understand what's going on in the world without having to go away and read a bunch of text or or kind of do research into it um i loved every moment i had with it the weapon crafting system is really fun in terms of trying to find the perfect weapon for yourself um you could definitely see where it's taken its inspiration from um bloodborne um I love my time with it and I'm looking forward to the, you know, the end of the game teases the next game and the next um, section they're going to be tackling or the next kind of fairy tale they'll be tackling. So um, I'm pretty excited for that. It's Winnie the Pooh. No, it's Mickey Mouse. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, number... That's what's next. Is it really? Yeah. Timothy Shalman no, can play that character too. That's crazy. No, it's not yeah. Peter Pan either. Jesus Christ. <laughs> number people. five for you, Ash. My number five is RoboQuest. Uh, so this is a first person. I've never shooter. heard of this game. I've never <laughs> heard of this. What the fuck is this? Yes, yeah, so this Ash. is. I heard rumblings about it. I got into it over the mm-hmm. holiday break. 
uh, and it is very Came addicting. Out November. It's a first-person shooter roguelite. You play a robot who is taking out other evil robots in a through a canyon. Oh wait, no, I uh, have heard this. Yes, I yeah, I didn't know no, no. Yep, go, go. It yeah. is super fun. Uh, really well controls really well. Really good uh, weapon options. Obviously, like a roguelite, you can you get the option of. Uh, picking up this weapon or that weapon and they've obviously got different stats and boosts and elemental effects and that kind of stuff and like you kind of do a run and try and get through as many areas as you possibly can collecting uh, you know experience points and collectibles and that kind of stuff to upgrade your tree to make your uh, robot stronger or give you more options in the shop and there's also a bunch of different uh, class of robots that you can upgrade and uh, unlock and that kind of stuff it's just a real lot of fun. As someone who's not good at first-person shooters, uh, this is uh, makes me feel like I'm good at first-person shooters. So it's got them numbers jumping off. It's got them numbers good. dropping everywhere. It's got them. It does have like a very Borderlands kind of look. Like maybe That's not as hardcore cell shell sided, um, but yeah, it's really good. The we- weapon selection is really great, and uh, yeah. It's, no, I did, it's I did, easily um, available. It's on Game Pass, which may be where I played it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can be a hypocrite. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, <laughs> it's episode four between you and Karen now. I wonder what my hypocrisy will be. I think we all know. Your number one's going to be a triple A game. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, check out RoboQuest. It's fantastic. Very addicting. It's, yeah, it's I, got just I, got that great one more run thing to it, you know, like you like your Hades and that kind of thing. Like you're like, mm. I can just just give me one more shot. I can get a bit further. So, I feel like this fell through the cracks because I only heard about it probably in December at some point when I was listening to someone else's podcast. Of, um, same. Remember, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I can't remember which one I was there, but someone was like, put it on their like top ten or something like that. Um, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I remember like Googling it and being like, oh, this looks cool. But yeah, same reaction I just had, but I forgot I already had it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're very predictable. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have the same reaction to everything. Uh, my number five, that's where we're up to, isn't it? Five. Right? Yeah. Five, uh, Space for the Unbound. So this is one of the games I played earlier in 2023. Really stuck with me for the rest of the year. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it's from an uh, Indonesian uh, small team. Uh, narrative puzzle adventure game i guess would be the the genre uh you sort of play as it's sort of hard to describe without getting heavy into spoilers but also the game's like very like it gets sort of crazy but all comes together by the end but basically you're like uh plays uh this character indonesian high school student um girlfriend they're hanging around they're doing all sorts of things to get ready towards the end of the year and then his uh girlfriend she's like oh man i'm gonna go to, i'm gonna blow your mind i got these fucking special abilities i can i, I can like sp- I, can, I think they call it yeah space dive they space dive into people's mind and um this is where like some of the puzzles come in it's like um you can go into someone's mind who's like i don't want to let you into this area and then you, you can like go into their mind and sort of change their thought pattern and stuff like that um it all into connects into the narrative themes and stuff by the end of it and like there's a lot of weird things that are happening throughout it uh flashes to the character talking to a little girl who's helping him write a book and the whole time throughout 90 percent of the game until right towards the end you're like what does this have to do with anything at all um but by the end it's uh, i remember like the ending made me tear up i really really connected to this game um uh yeah we'd have to go like full spoilers as to why but yeah i think it came out like really early it came out january 19th so yeah 
Um, really, really good. Really, really enjoyed it. Wished I'd seen more people talk about stuff. Sort of, I think it fell through the cracks for some people, but I think I did see Kotaku or someone from Kotaku put it on their list. So shout out to whoever I saw do that. One of the personal lists I saw it was mentioned there somewhere. Um, cool. Number four, Kieran. Number four game that's already been spoken about, Dave the Diver. Um, I think I was very surprised how much Dave the Diver clicked with me. Um, as I've said, I, I you know I very much wish um, I had a Stream Deck or a Steam Deck or a um, or a Rogger just to, to be able to play this in a more chilled out setting. I think this game does so much where the more you play it, the more surprises come of holy crap, this is in this game. And, oh, okay, restaurant. Fuck, okay, I'm going to be running a sushi restaurant at the same time, and it's based on what I've been catching. Okay, crap. Oh, okay, all of a sudden the, the an inspector has turned up or a food critic has turned up, and they've got a whole backstory with the chef, and you've got to work out and get the perfect thing for him in the day. And, and I think there's just so much to the game that is so impressive from what we maybe at first thought was an independent team and, like, a, a very small team. Um, I think Day the Diver does so much that is almost refreshing in the current gaming landscape that is really appealing. Yep. I'm sure I'll be mentioned one more time before the end of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming anyway. Uh, Ash, what's your next uh, number four? My number four is also a remake, kind of. Whoa. Uh, It is Like a Dragon Ishin. So this is the uh, Like a Dragon... Uh, game set during the Edo period in Japan, uh, the era of samurai and uh, the start of like guns and stuff coming into the I had Tom Cruise was around then. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure, he yeah, around the, the time of the last samurai. Uh, yeah, fantastic game, really interesting historical fiction story, um, kind of telling the story of an actual person who was there during that period and like obviously mix it up and make it a little bit more interesting as a gameplay thing but uh really opened my eyes to this period in history uh was a lot of fun uh lots of different stances and upgradable things and lots of crazy you know side missions that you get from the like a dragon franchise um of you running around streets racing against other mailmen and <laughs> other you having crazy drunken adventures and that kind of stuff so uh yeah just a really good game that fine always... that finally came to the West. That's that, that's different. Obviously, it was available in yeah, Japan, but it's the first time yeah, uh, yeah. the Western audience could ever yeah, play. You it, couldn't so. have played it before without importing it and yes. playing it. Were you all excited for Japanese, so. January? Is it twenty seventh for yes, like mm. a dragon two? Mm. No, it's like a dragon. Infinite wealth. I infinite thought it was wealth. still two. I thought it was still considered no. two, and then infinite wealth. Okay. No, okay. just infinite because it's technically fair the- enough ninth game <laughs> yeah that'll get real confusing they're like, like games, a dragon sorry. 2 in america and then or the west and then yakuza oh no that'd be confusing um all right we we all started playing yakuza games i feel like in the last 12 months uh to different degrees yeah. which is kind of funny but, but. um uh, Octopath Traveler 2 is my number four, a game I started playing over the holidays. I'm going to put out there and say, admit that I haven't finished yet. It's quite a long game. However, I've been putting a lot of time into it to the point that I, um, I fucking, I think it's fucking fantastic. I can't believe how good it is. Like, <laughs> cause I was so excited for the first one, right? I thought the first one was going to be like, it looks so good. I love the art style. I bought the collector's edition. I, I was so excited for it. And it just let me down so much. I just like, especially from a, a narrative story aspect, I was just like, man, this game 
I didn't, I didn't vibe with a lot of characters and it just so many elements got repetitive and grindy and whatever else. I'm like, I can't do this. And then I'm looking for it and I keep, I see a couple of people tweet out like, man, Octopath Traveler 2 would be a lot higher on people. I saw someone tweet something that was literally like, Octopath Traveler would be on more people's lists this year if uh, people gave it a chance or something like that. And I was like, all right, fine. I, all right, you know I'll take what? that bet. I'll take that bet. I can't really tweet <laughs> it, but this is like, I don't know, late November or something like that. So then I'll, I put on wish list and then, yeah, start playing it. And yeah, it is very good. Like it, the car, each of the characters is so much more interesting. So like, and so much more varied, I think is also the important piece. Like the game still has eight characters, which um, you can sort of pick up and add to your crew, like the first game in sort of whatever order you want. You can pick who you want to start the game as. But yeah, so they're very varied, a lot more varied. So it's like, you've got a thief and she's trying to, that's who I started the game as. Um, Throne is her name. That's who I picked as my first character. And she's a part of thief guild where it's like these this family run by someone they have to call like a mother and father um they like pick up basically orphans and train them to be killers but she wants to escape but then to escape she has to kill her father and mother and she's trying to do that and escape and um it's like all very dark and like what the fuck's going on here and then you got like another character who's like this kid i don't know kid could be a teenager i'm not sure but they're definitely presented as like a child they never give an age i don't think but um and they're like a hunter from this uh on, is this a complete opposite end it's like they're a hunter from a village uh and they're, they're like a they're not like a human character they're like a whatever some other class of sort of human hybrid thing um they got like funny ears or whatever uh then but they need to like hunt down three legendary beasts to stop their village from being destroyed by a, an ancient beast that's going to come kill it so it's like for some reason all these people uh start working together you've got a um i can't remember like a a, a, a magic dude i don't know what they call him in the game a scholar i think actually a scholar and he's like framed for the the murder of his child and his wife like this person burns down his fucking house he comes home and sees his house burning down his mother and um sorry his wife and child are in there just burning alive and this dude's like haha i'm gonna steal all your magic secrecies oh police arrest this motherfucker and then you you escape from prison and you want to get revenge on this dude like they're all so much more interesting and they're all fully voiced i think is the other thing and the voice acting is really really good for every single person in the game so that was the thing that put me off sea of stars a lot was no voice acting and I was really struggling. And I don't know why. I was just really struggling with it. So no, this is like, you can voice acting fucking fantastic for everyone. And you can just put it on auto, like text moves Scroll. forward. And just like, yeah. um, you can sit back and watch the, the cut scenes or whatever play out. I mean, some of the, like you talk to a random person on the street, they're not voice acted. Like, you know, you click on a random of person. Course. They're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. nice day yeah, today, exactly. chap. You know, like that's not whatever. That's just mm. typical sort of shit. Um, but that, all that's great. And then even as you progress further into the game, and you get through people's stories more. Then another complaint about the first game was how like the story like never connected enough between all the characters. It was just like eight random characters. But this one, characters can connect and do like a, a sub goal with another character that they two people, when you pick them up, they'll be like, oh, they start talking and then they'll be like, oh, we have this common goal. We should do this thing over here. And then by the end of the game, there's like a, well, not by the end, but where I'm sort of getting to, it's like there's an overall villain that I'm, I'm assuming that everyone's going to have to like, once we've solved all of their separate, uh, uh, their main goals, then we've got to turn our eyes collectively on this big villain that's sort of hanging around in the background stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm loving the story. It's great. The uh, Even the side stories are all quite interesting. Little side stories you come along. 
Uh, the art style's still fantastic, and that was the thing from the first game. Like the little pop up bookie st- style thing is um, gorgeous. Music's fantastic, uh, and then I would say the the gameplay again. I mean, the gameplay's not changed too much from the first one. It's it's still typical sort of old school um, Japanese RPG turn based combat. You know, like spells, magic, beats, fire thing does this, blah blah blah. But you sort of have this um, system where you can save up um, points in battle, and then like you can make a spell stronger by using them or like attack four times in one turn if you save up enough and like you sort of just got to think around that when you're doing boss fights and defend at the right point and stuff like that but i would say the gameplay is like doing anything mind-blowing but it's just solid it's it's just very good what platform did you play on i'm playing it on the switch on the switch i know it's on everything else this one Mm -hmm. the first one but i'm still just like this is just such a like i'm laying in bed every night just playing like half an hour or so um Playing on the couch other times, but I'd say even when I'm getting home from work and I just haven't had, haven't had much time, I'm like, I just get into bed and be like, oh, I can at least play like 15 minutes, you know, because the switch is the best thing. I'm like, play for 15 minutes and just be like, I'm getting tired. And then I just press this button and roll over, you know, I don't yeah, want to have to be sitting in right. my fucking chair. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Top three time. Kieran, number three. Number three, it is the one and only Marvel Spider Man 2. Um, I think in a couple of the years gone past, Marvel Spider-Man 2 could very easily have been Game of the Year and could be very could be above the majority of games that have come out recently. I think it's unlucky that it came out this year against several games that are well more placed than it. I think Marvel 2 improve Marvel Spider-Man 2 improves on everything that um Spider-Man 1 had, like the original had laid out for it. Um, It's traversal. It is probably the most fun game to traverse, especially, you know, my favorite version of New York to swing through and to interact with all of the details. Um, I think, sure, maybe the story wasn't the greatest, and I think I found it harder to connect with Peter this one versus connecting with Miles. I absolutely adore Miles Morales, and I think he he shines in this game. And I think it is very exciting that he is kind of Insomniac Spider Man going forward, and he will be taking the lead. Um, but yeah, I, I think Marvel Spider Man Two is is a fantastic game. It's just it's not doing anything completely new. It's just reiterating on what the original was. Venom. Uh, Ash, number my three. number three is also Marvel Spider Man Two. Well, uh, yeah, really fun game, traversal combat. Uh, all of it is really good. I uh, love all the systems. I really enjoyed the story as a longtime comic book fan, and like obviously seeing the different inspirations for different uh, side stories or the actual main story, and obviously it being a new take on the the Venom uh, storyline was really enjoyable to watch. Um, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Miles is probably the best, most interesting character in the game. And his arc through it of like dealing with, uh, you know, his own personal grievances and that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, with Martin Lee and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Lots of really cool set pieces, uh, cool uses of the way you play Spider-Man. Lots of really interesting side quests. Um, really incredible opening to the game that like got you super hyped straight away. Uh, yeah, really an incredible open world, really like the level of detail in a lot of the different sections is crazy. So, um, sure. It's an iteration, but it's an iteration done spectacularly. 
Well, amazingly. Or ultimately? Or ultimately. Or web of. Fucking hell. All right, my number three is Cocoon. Whoa. Another holiday game? Another holiday game. Wait, hold up a second. I need to go back a second because let's just click for me. Are you trying to suggest that Octopus Traveler 2 is an indie game? Uh, well, no. Yeah, that was in four, Enix, right? That was like, your number four, right? Like, no, no. Just, I, I, I don't think it's, it's an indie not game. an indie game. No, it's not, it's not triple A, though. I don't know if it's triple A. Sorry, triple A. Like, I would call it like yes, double A. My apologies. I got yeah. my. Oh, yeah. all right. Yeah, okay. That's all. Yeah. That's my that's asterisk. Right. That's like, right. I don't think it's like triple A. It's just. Um, I mean, to that extent, yeah, don't worry. Anyway, we're not going to know. It's, 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 I just, it's not indie. I don't think it's AAA. Either, uh, Cocoon. Indie game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. have, have we checked the receipts? <laughs> I mean, when I got to the credits, it said the director, designer, something else, and something else were all one person. <laughs> Sounds Which like he's trying a, to get too many. Uh, trying to get a bunch of paychecks this was yeah, like uh so that's the uh yepe carlson the one the designer from limbo and inside who started this is their first game after uh leaving play dead um and this is the game the first game put out since leaving play dead in 2016 um this game is an absolute mindfuck i don't know how to explain it really there's like so you just start as like a character i mean here's the thing there's not much story to this and i have no idea like i finished the game and all these visuals pop up and the image and i go i have no idea if this is supposed to have some deeper meaning about stuff all i know is that was fucking wild (laughs) (laughs) the game like just the way it builds um and by the way, I I looked up before starting this. I was like, I want to play Cocoon. How long? You know, Google like how long, how long to beat Cocoon? Maybe like six hours. <laughs> I was like, cool, I can six hours. That's fine. What? It took me like fifteen hours. I'm like, I am not good at puzzle games. <laughs> <laughs> Surprised you didn't write an article about why it's too hard. <laughs> I mean, I had a lot of fun, but I was like, my playtime at the end, I was like, I am double whatever Google said. So <laughs> you know, so um. Yeah, so the game like starts out and like it's you, you, you you're in one world and this is what the game gets absolute by the end you just don't I cannot describe how fucked it is. You have one orb and you're solving puzzles in this little world and then you can go into that one orb, right? And that's fine. You, you you're moving things around. You're starting to and I think that the best thing about this game is everything's one button, right? There's no there's no overthinking like multiple mechanics to remember or you know stuff like that. It's like everything in the game is you're moving to it, you're pressing a button to interact with it, or you're standing on like a, a, a switch on the ground to interact with that. But you don't have to overthink. It's like you can only interact with things with one button to move. Like it's just the, the basic is of shit, but it works so well. Um, and I think also just because you're constantly like between the music and the visuals and stuff, you're just like pulled in because you're like, this is such a weird, every every world is weird. Um but then it's like, okay, now you've got two orbs and three orbs or four orbs. And not to spoil everything, but by the end of this game, you're like, you're like, okay, so what I need to do is I need to grab this orb and then I need to take this orb into this other orb and then put that orb in this orb and then I come back out of this orb and then if I grab a different orb and go to a different world with this orb and then I can go from that and then enter a door in that and that'll take me to the orb into the other world but because that orb's already in that world then that connects to this world and then you can take the orb it gets fucked I don't know how to like it is like 
I honestly feel like the ending of this game is like watch it's like inception it is some like world inside world inside world thinking like if if you, i feel like you nearly need to have watched inception to be able to complete the puzzles in this game because i'm literally th- sit, sitting there going i know how to do this and i was like wait hold on it's a dream inside of a dream i've got this <laughs> like, you know um if you haven't watched christopher Nolan's inception i highly recommend watching that before attempting to play this game it'll make the puzzle a lot easier so uh but yeah cocoon was fantastic i felt dumb and smart at the same time but yeah it's just it is some some it's something it's something karen number two uh number two i've got zelda tears of the kingdom um where i maybe gave some points off for spider-man 2 being you know only reiterating on a previous game could be well could have potentially been the same outcome for tears of the kingdom but fuck they just went nuts with this crazy physics and crafting system that is kind of underpins the entire game in terms of the amount of options you have to complete tasks how you want to complete them in what way and what parts you have um i think it takes the exploration and like the freedom that was in breath of the wild and like cracks it up and gives it a bunch of adrenaline and goes all right it's about over a thousand now like it is so interesting and then on top of it and it, it's i found it so funny that like you know throughout much of the the build up for the game it talked all about the the world of hyrule and all the sky islands above and then playing the game it's like oh also there is a third map that is equi- that is the same size as the middle ground of hyrule but it's completely underground and that is a whole different place to explore a whole different world with a whole different kind of system of how you're navigating it and how you're you're working through it um i think it it did so well and did so many things right it's fucking impressive that that game even runs on a nintendo switch because of the amount it does um you know it continues my outcry for please nintendo stop being a hardware manufacturer and just sell your ips and just not even sell your ips but just become a publisher and publish them on playstation on xbox on pc like get greater hardware behind your games because um, switch 2 this year it, once again if the switch 2 does not have an ssd drive in it i will cry and have a breakdown and a rant on one of our shows um but it's gonna happen anyway it's probably it's gonna happen anyway yep but um but it'll be no. fine you'll be they'll let you put an ssd drive in there fuck off they will they not no they're, they're not gonna put one in them themselves to keep the price down but you'll be able to oh, put one in there no 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 but no the other tears of the kingdom is you know i think it was doing this and my number one for game of the year you know i was surprised when dylan pointed out to me that zelda was not on our game of the year um for explosion network so um i because i just presumed it would be i think it's it's that good of a game that any other year once again any year number one um by a long margin Ash? Did you play oh. Tears of the Kingdom? No. Me? Yeah. Yeah, I played like five hours. Okay, yeah. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't play it, sorry. No, that was that was probably why it wasn't on again. That is, that to be clear, just, that's why. Yeah, no, it's it just didn't feature. That's And it's understandable. My number two is Dave the Dive. <laughs> <laughs> Here yeah. he is again. Here he yeah. goes. This game got its hooks in me. 
uh, yeah, like Dylan said, fantastic pixel art style, uh, but the actual gameplay of going down and, you know, collecting these fish uh, was super addicting. Um, just like they're, they're collecting, I don't know, collect this. It's all a weird underwater survival game, kind of like you're collecting resources to like then go up and like sell and make into sushi. Um, you can upgrade them with all the fish and that kind of stuff, and it's crazy anime esque cutscenes. Um, and then you've got this crazy storyline that's also involved around going down and meeting a bunch of mer people down the bottom of the ocean. Um, super enjoyable, and then there's crazy mini boss fights, and uh, on top of like taking out sharks and shit all over the bottom of the ocean. It yeah. is a lot of fun. The funniest thing to me is three three of us now spoke about this game. I'm not, I don't think it's a single one of us ever said anything about the weird plot about like an underground sea Atlantis culture. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this is the first yeah. time that's come up. It's funny as fuck. All the mini bosses. And I remember like the first time one of the, like, the proper boss fights, you're like, the fuck? This game has boss fights? Okay, sure. How am I supposed to win with just a, yeah. a, a, a spear? Um, but yeah just so many different elements that could have easily felt like overloaded or bloated but like kind of all work simoniously together Um, yeah fantastic game great soundtrack great art everything not indie apparently (laughs) my number two is Pikmin 4 wow (laughs) Never picked up a Pikmin game before this year. Oh, shit. Never played a Pikmin game at all. But boy, did I have a fantastic time. And let's reiterate, I 100% this game. Like, And it doesn't have trophies as much as I wish Nintendo um, would add. Switch 2. So, yeah, if Switch 2 adds achievements, I'm popping this bad boy in the pop them. You know what I mean? Because, um, yeah, I, I I finished this game and I kept playing. I wanted 100%. I got, I got all the collectibles. I got all the fucking secret shit. Um, I had such a great time. I think it's just so charming. I mean, this is the thing, the, the game, for, like, yeah, I hadn't played Pikmin until this year, and I don't know, I can't say for loved ones if it's similar, I guess in paper it kind of is, I guess, but, like, you just go down to a level, and you just have a allocated amount of time to use your Pikmin and lead them around uh, and order them to, you know, you just have to be like, you know, tell them, like, none of the puzzles are super hard, it's just... It's just like you're doing stuff, but it just feels good. Like, it's just a lot of like, okay, well, I got to move that thing and then I'll use my yellow Pikmin and they can move the big rocks and then I use my blue Pikmin they can go in the water and get down this thing. And But it's just like you've always got a short time, so you're always like moving, 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 trying to get the boat best out of every run that you're down there trying to do stuff. And then you can hop on a cute little dog and ride around and somehow 100 Pikmin jump onto the back of that dog. I don't know how, but they do it. Um, and then the game, like, every now and then they keep the pace up. They're like, okay, now we do a nighttime mission. And nighttime missions are the exact opposite it's like okay well now you're 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 going down to like the same level but it's night and then monsters come out at night and now it's like a tower defense game you got to go around and like fucking defend your area from the alien creatures coming down to kill everyone um there is a story i don't really know what the fuck happens captain olimar's main character of the franchise apparently fuck the (laughs) minor um He like crash lands and then you use to come down to like save him and you're trying to find him or whatever else but um yeah, it's just so um, the the little underground levels are sort of where it becomes a little bit harder. I guess you're not in the main area. That's where the puzzles sort of actually you have to think. Whereas the the, the main like sort of hub world area ones, they're like they're fine. You're just finding things or whatever. But it's just visually, I also think this is a game that worked. Like this game looks great on Switch. I think it's just and again that's like a 
um, that's a Nintendo first party where their games always look really good because they just play into the strengths of the art style rather than relying on like a high resolution art sets and um, uh, realistic looking stuff. But that said, this game has realistic looking stuff in it because, um, and that's part of the fun sometimes. You'll be like, oh, you got to collect some of the collectibles in the game are um, like human things that they, they bring back and they're like, putting and collecting and sort of categorizing because it's like you're on earth post all of humanity's died never explain it doesn't matter but um you're like finding old nintendo cartridges and like other random human things and you have all these pikmin carry it back and they, all, all those elements look really really great the music's fantastic uh you have these other parts too where you'll every now and then there's another character running around that just like challenges you to these battles and you go like which is a multiplayer mode you can also do but i didn't try that because I just played the game by myself. You know? so, but I had such a great time. I think I put like 30, 40 hours into it by the time I 100% or something like that. It was, it was just so, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I just, it's, it's just such a, it's a busy game. It's just a busy body game. You, you're doing things, but it's just fun. I don't know why, just, but it is. Good time. Okay. You two are going to have the same number one game. I'm not. Start it now. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Well, all right. Okay. Um, I, did, I thought Dylan would have wanted to talk about Alan Wake Two. With my us, number one but... game is Resident Evil Four. Uh, oh! <laughs> Please no! No, no. 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 You go ahead. Um. All right. You know why we're here, people. You know it was the greatest game of the year, Baldur's Gate Three. Um. The only reason it isn't Dylan's number one is because he's not played it enough and he got all artsy-fartsy about Something the game. Something we're going to rectify. Yeah, we're going to rectify the shit out of. Um, Baldur's Gate 3 is the most impressive narrative game I've ever played in terms of the amount of depth there is in that game, the amount of possibility and potential, the amount of things that Larian Studios are able to cover for. There are things where you'll be like, oh, if I do this, I'm probably going to break the game. And they have fucking voiced narrative lines for the game like they they have that already set up for that outcome and you're like what the fuck um it has my favorite cast of side characters everybody in the world feels like they live in the world the puzzles and like the the different paths throughout the game are fantastic to play through it captures the essence of D extremely well um you know the fact that they release a free dlc for the game for an epilogue for the game that has 6,000 lines of dialogue in it. Fucking insane. Um, it is a once-in-a-generation game. You know, we can't hold other RPGs and other games to this level of expectation because that's just not realistic. But I think there is so much that the gaming development and the gaming community could learn from this. I think not only how like Larian Studios has their development team set up to avoid crunch, fucking amazing. Like it is, I, I think so much about this game is absolutely fantastic. The amount of replayability, I'm on my third or fourth different save at the moment, different character, playing them all very differently and experiencing the game in, in very different views. Um, absolutely fantastic. And I, I, don't, I could talk for a very long time on just how good Baldur's Gate 3 is. Yeah, Baldur's Gate is my number one game. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry if people actually thought it was just before. Uh, yeah, just the the most uh, the closest to playing D and D you can get in a video game. Uh, an incredible achie- achievement. 
probably never will be replicated again by humans. <laughs> you know, maybe somebody can achieve what they did here with AI, uh, doing the coding and that kind of stuff. But I don't think another team will get the resources to be able to pull something off like this again. Um, just the, yeah, like the, Kieran said, the level of depth, uh, the crazy worlds, all the different characters, um, all incredibly voice acted, um, just all, everything you can pick up and can do things with. Um, as sure a bunch of people have seen how a hundred, like heaps of people have tackled that goblin, goblin campus and, and like all the different ways they were able to come up with solutions to that is crazy and that is just one small piece of this massive game um on top of the crazy relationship stuff that's in there the crazy storylines involving illithid and you know crazy mind flayers and all this other stuff um stellar cast so many fantastic characters um you know i'm sure everybody's seen asterian all over their feed all year pretty much um, a bunch of thirst tweets and that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, this is a game that kind of captured the imagination that shouldn't have been a game that captured the imagination. So, balls go three. My number one game of 2023 is Alan Wake 2. Oh, <gasps> no way! Is it an indie game? I mean... It's an independent game. Technically, both, uh, so is Baldur's Gate and this is as well. So we all yeah, picked indie so games as number we one. We love indie games here. We, we love, love indie, indie games. games. Let's fucking go. <laughs> um, Alan Wake 2 is fantastic. It is one of the best games I think uh, ever made, to be honest. I feel like it's like, it would definitely, I don't know where it'd sit in my like favorite games of all time list, but I already know it's it's sort of on that somewhere. Um, it does so many interesting things. I've never seen a game incorporate this many wild and wacky ideas it it shoots through the it shoots for the sky and just commits like and i know there's so many people who are, like it's that thing of hey you watch the game awards you haven't played another week too that dance number what's the context for that oh boy <laughs> like it's just, <laughs> there is none there um there is that that the dance sequence happens in the game so i'd and you may be like oh, how? that's I, the context yeah it's like how's the dance Beyond sequence that. how's that happen I thought it was a survival horror game. Oh, it is. It's also a detective game and like a psychological drama and it has a bunch mm-hmm. of live action sequences, rural actors, and it just cuts back to the character. It just it just all intermingles so well. Um, and the way it just plays the two characters, the way... And again, like I talked... So I played the game a certain way, but um, you've got the intertwining stories of Saga Anderson and Alan Wake happening at the same time. Um, you can choose after the first chapter of each basically it's like you can just you can play Alan Wake for six seven hours in a row I guess and then go play Saga after if you want or just jump between them whenever you like sort of thing like just that sense of freedom as well um and just how different they both feel uh like Saga's story happening on the the real world like she's up here and um uh what's the fucking place called falls uh, whatever the city's called the little town's called something falls um there she you know she's looking into the this cult case of the the cult of the tree and she's down there with alex casey um and they're they're investigating that it's all the monsters and stuff that she's fighting and these people wearing like giant deer horns and and shit like that and she's got a bunch of weird 
people in the town that she can talk to and she starts um you can get different locations with her and um you can walk around the town just talk to people and stuff and like that all feels very like more like a proper detective story you know fbi jacket on and wandering around all that sort of stuff um and then you switch to alan wake and he's down here in he's under under cauldron lake and he's just all his monsters and what he's fighting are these like ghostly apparitions and you know it feels more like the the first game to a to a degree where it's you know focused on the light and um the, the way the the game that element's paced out and stuff but it also is just like this this weird thing where it's like you play free elements with him and it resets and every time he goes back to the same place and he keeps trying again and again to like escape it's like this never-ending circle for him stuck down there trying to write his own way out of this this thing he can't escape from and how both their stories end up intertwining towards the end it's just it is so good like it's i am so excited for the future of like i i love control i guess was the thing like like and like i liked alan wake i wouldn't say i loved it i liked alan wake as i said i've got to go back and finish my remote uh, my play for the remaster when i never actually finished but like i mean when my, i had a friend i think i've told this story before but i had a friend who loved it and um on xbox and obviously i was a playstation guy so um played at his house and every, everything like that and i was like yeah this is fun like it was the, it was the whole like hey, imagine stephen king but like he's the he's you know comes trap of his own stories that was like the pitch and you know i liked horror movies my whole life and whatever else so that was, i was like this is fine but you know control love that this fucking phenomenal i cannot wait to see what uh remini builds upon now between control 2 alan wake 3 i don't know like this interconnecting world because you might be like because i guess that's other thing to discuss of okay well how much of control do you need to have played to to like this and okay how connected it is and stuff like that there are some characters in this from control um none of them that if you haven't played control that it's going to bother you like you'll just know them like Artie the janitor uh, from controls in this. No way, really? Oh, that yeah. excites me. Okay. So, and that's a weird character from Control that doesn't really ever get explained. Um, he's in this a lot. Uh, he pops up for both characters pretty often um, uh, in different places and stuff like that. I mean, there's even a place like the second town little area where Saga, like when she heads out of the main town and sort of goes down to like this this area, like near the boat sh- fishing place, Artie's just in there like singing a song in Finnish at a bar for some reason, like full janitor clothes still on stage and everyone's just watching and you're like, oh, this is fine. This is normal apparently. I don't know. Like what's, uh, so like there's stuff like that. And then the FBC's mentioned, um, a character does come in towards the end from the FBC, uh, from the Federal Bureau of Control. And like, there's all these like stuff like that, but it's never, it doesn't feel forceful of like, like spoilers, the main character of Control doesn't show up in this. Like there's no, it doesn't feel like they're like ham-fisted, sh- connecting the games go it does feel like a very natural sort of build upon the two worlds in the way they um they intertwine together and i, I i'm just super excited to see what remedy does with this universe they're building it's so it's so interesting that's it that's our best games of top our personal list uh kieran did you have any honorable mentions or stuff you haven't would like to shout out uh, i actually or? realized halfway through reading this out um that I had like duplicated one. And I had an eleven, so I guess the only thing I'd mention would be Diablo Four. I think, despite the issues it had after in its seasonal content, I think Diablo Four was a great Diablo game and a fantastic experience um, that kind of showed a lot of what the positives of Activision Blizzard could be in terms of its game launches and game releases. So, um, I, I'm yeah, I, I think it was well worth its time it got in the sun, but um, not quite for the list. 
Ash? Uh, I want to shout out Moving Out 2. Fantastic uh, multiplayer game, obviously from an Australian studio, uh, which you're moving furniture. That's a lot of fun. Uh, Gubbins, the fun little mobile word game uh, that everybody loves because you can put a bunch of swear words in there and, and then post them online. Fantastic. Uh, and then Marvel Snap keeps going strong. Give us that Planet Hulk stuff. <laughs> yeah. Continue the roadmap. This year they introduced the, the oh, what's the? The other mode. The new game the, mode. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember the name of it. But fuck. Yes. That but, thing. You know. Where you, you have a, you, can, you bet your points, whatever that is. Yes. Like you have, and you can double they, down. They added multiplayer. It's like, more competitive. Well, I guess it's more it was competitive mode, multiplayer. I guess. Like it's, it's built around like, yeah. you play the same opponent multiple times. So it's like less randomized. You actually have to use more tactics. Yeah. Uh, I the ones that didn't make my list. I guess the next three. I had Wild Hearts down. Really, really loved. That was probably the the yeah the first uh the most I've got into a proper Monster Hunter like game, which would be Wild Hearts. Um, I you know there was a point there where after playing it, doing the review thing and everything, I was still playing it, trying to get more people to play it, and um, I just thought it was really, really a lot of fun. Um, there was a stage there I was I was planning out how to get the platinum, and then <laughs> just like writing down all the stuff I didn't have and something else came out anyway so uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2 uh, didn't quite make my list but um, I still think I, th- I think it's more Spider-Man's good Spider-Man um, not as narratively strong as the first one to me uh, but still very good game um, and then I had Chia as well um, as a, the the game in which you uh, New, New Caledonia um, uh, like said on that uh, island there exploring the that culture um learning about it again something i know absolutely nothing about music's great mm-hmm. um but the gameplay is just very cool as well because all you do is you dive in and can control animals uh just or objects as well you can just dive into a fucking barrel and roll yourself down a hill that's fun um really cool art style and music and everything that'd be my sh- sh- other three that didn't quite make my top 10 all right, thank you for joining us on our personal top 10 list. Of course, I can't remember if this comes out Wednesday or Thursday or anything, but anyway, keep uh, your eyes on Explosion Network. Our game's top five lists have been posting. They will continue posting over the next couple of days. And then the Explosion Network's official top 10 games of 2023 will be posting uh, in a couple of days on Sunday. So look forward to that, and we'll have a little podcast up talking about our overall number one game of 2023. Can you guess what it is? You probably can. I don't know. Try and have a guess. <laughs> it's Resident Evil 4. <laughs> Uh, until then goodbye Uh, we'll be back in I think it's two weeks now two weeks yeah we're back regularly scheduled uh, Arcade Couch podcasting in two weeks alright goodbye